You know, I was not at all surprised to see the headline on the front of the New Zealand Herald today talking about the state of mental health care for children and teenagers in New Zealand. A briefing document that was provided by the Ministry of Health to the Health Minister Andrew Little in September last year has been obtained by the Herald and it paints a grim picture. Mental health crisis teams operated by DHB saw 50% more young people in urgent distress last year than they did 10 years earlier. In the past decade, there has been a 177% increase in the number of young people taken to hospital emergency departments in crisis. Andrew Little admitted to Mike Hosking on Mike Hosking Breakfast this morning that children and adolescent mental health services are in crisis. It's close to it. It's, it's, it's under huge pressure. There are areas where I know young people in particular are struggling to get the specialist attention that they need, waiting a long time to get it. That, that is in crisis. Child and adolescent mental health services are in crisis. But when I look at what we've done, particularly for those with sort of anxieties, mild depressions and what have you, um, the additional roles we put in place, um, not just in GP clinics, but in youth specialist health services, um, that is starting to make a difference. But we, we've got to focus on that acute end as well. Is filling the jobs a problem, training a problem, getting people into the sector a problem? Yes, it is. This is, um, this is an area with a massive shortage. I mean, we've, we've filled those roles. We've still got more to do. But at the, at the specialist end, psychiatrists and clinical psychologists, there is a worldwide shortage. We've got, we've got um, you know, a lot of vacancies in our health system and those roles at the moment. We're recruiting, including recruiting offshore. We've invested a lot more in training our own, but that's you know a seven to ten year sort of prospect to, to start from scratch, somebody entering university and, and going through that sort of process. So we're doing everything we can to, to get new people into those very senior roles. I appreciate Andrew Little's honesty on the situation, but this is not a problem that can be solved overnight. But after $1.9 billion was allocated to mental health in 2019, you would have thought we might have a little bit more to show for it than an increase in GP services and youth specialist services, not to say that they're not important. But, you know, as Andrew Little just mentioned, these problems are easy to pinpoint. It's always been about funding and staff. We've known that there have been issues with staff shortages for a long time. DHBs are struggling to find enough psychiatrists, psychologists, nurses and other skilled staff to fill vital frontline roles. And yep, you can say it's we've had our borders shut for two years and it's been really difficult to get these people in, but there's actually a worldwide shortage. And this problem was around before COVID hit. You know, if your situation isn't acute and you want to see a paediatric psychiatrist in Auckland, I can tell you now from experience, it's a six-month wait and many will not even accept your referral at the moment. How's that going to make a parent feel? Your staff are leaving uh, your public system to head to other public agencies or private roles where the work is less stressful and better paid. I know of one clinic recently who's just hired two new paediatric psychiatrists because they're so burnt out of working at a crisis level consistently in the public system, they've gone private. The number of young people seen by DHBs rose by 35% in the past decade, but the funding for these DHB services only grew by 25% over that period. So the increase in funding has not kept pace with the level of pressures on their service. Another thing which seems pretty easy to pinpoint and to sort out. The ICAMS receives funding of 3600 for every 
patient it sees compared to 5,800 per patient in the adult services. Why is an adolescent funded less than an adult with potentially the same problem? I, I don't understand. With so many youth in crisis and the health system not meeting their needs, how do we look after our children and adolescents? Have you been in this situation? Did you get the help you needed when you needed it for your child or your adolescent? And how do you do it? How did you do it? Because I know that there is nothing worse for a parent out there who's dealing with a kid who's distressed and in stress or has anxiety or an eating disorder or the various things which seem to be popping up all over the place at the moment. You know, I've spoken to GPs, psychologists, parents, school counsellors who, you know, cannot believe the increased numbers of distress in teens that they are seeing. So, okay, it's not an overnight, there isn't an overnight solution. But I'm keen to hear from you if you've been through this process. How did you handle it? How did you advocate for your kid? How did you help them out? And do we need to come back to the family? Do we need to come back to community? Can we not be relying on, you know, obviously we don't want situations to get to an acute place. So there are other things that we can be doing to help support our kids and our adolescents.